Welcome to the Open Door Cutting Room Floor Podcast, where we continue the conversation that started on Sunday to help you become more like Christ throughout the week. I'm your host, Clay Wright. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Cutting Room Floor Podcast. It's great to have you with us. I'm Clay Wright. I'll be your host today. And uh, I'm really excited for today because we're trying something new. We've got more than one guest on the podcast, which is a first for uh, us on the cutting room floor. Uh, if you go to Church of the Open Door and if you're uh, worshiping with us on Sundays, uh, we had live preaching at all of our campuses, which was super fun. And as a result of that, when we think about this podcast and we think about the cutting room floor and we think about wanting to continue that conversation and trying to make our time in the word more of a conversation, uh, we, we thought it would be really fun to have a little bit more of a round table, a little bit more of a uh, an open-ended kind of get everybody in the same room kind of discussion. So I'm here not with Pastor Jim, who was in the Dominican Republic last last Sunday, but I am here with Charlie Miller, John Jacobs, and Jason Russ. So uh, these three guys are our campus pastors. Obviously, Charlie's the new addition in the room there, but uh, it's great. Oh man, I just dropped something, but thank you, Jason. This is this is why we have multiple <laughs> the benefit of having more than one in the room. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but this is really exciting, guys. It's it's great to have you here and to to just continue the conversation with us that we started this past week. So um, I'm going to kick us off a little bit just by reminding us where we've been in the text. So we're in Luke chapter two. We've been preaching through the gospel of Luke. We're in the series about discipling the next generation and, and kind of focusing on how can we pass things on uh, sort of in the context of the family and parenting. And we're looking at, at, at this idea because in the Gospel of Luke, we get all these vignettes and all these little notes about Jesus's childhood, more so than any other gospel. And so as we're looking at that, we're, we're asking the question, is there something that we can learn about how to parent well uh, as we look at how, how Jesus was growing up and Mary and Joseph being the parents that God chose for Jesus? And as we get into Luke 2, verses 40 and 52, which we, we read on Sunday, uh, we're looking at a big summary statement about Jesus's growth uh, from the age of about 12 to the age of about 30. And it says he grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. Uh, and, and you guys all got to focus a little bit on that that idea of growth and that idea of wisdom. And so uh, what, what was really cool for me, having listened to everybody's sermon, uh, was how unique each sermon was. And so I just wanted to start off with that. Like for you guys, how, what would you say, like, how, how did you get that sense of direction or what did you feel God impressing on you as you studied the text? Like, yeah, it's about Jesus. It's about growth. It's about discipleship, but obviously you guys took it in what, like very unique direction. So talk a little bit about that. What stuck out to you and why the direction that you chose? And maybe we can start over here with, with Charlie and go around or <laughs> Yeah. Sounds good. The new guy. I'll start. Yeah. So I think for me, um, I was just reminded about Christ's humanity um, and, uh, and in really a fresh way as I was studying it really stood out to me was how human he actually was and how you know that ties to his emptying giving up his divine privileges uh, so that he could grow and thinking about how how is it that the the creator of you know we, we learned that in Colossians we learned that in John 1 you know the creator of the world how could he grow how could he grow in wisdom um, you know, later in scripture it talks about how Christ actually is God's wisdom. He represents God's wisdom. And so then how can 
he actually grow. So it was just a cool journey for me to think through his humanity and how it relates to our humanity, how Christ teaches us how to be human. You know, he actually shows us what it means to be, go through this thing called life as, as, as humans, as Christians uh, living this side of heaven. So that was really good for me to kind of unpack that his, his willingness to limit himself, uh, how he relied on the Holy spirit in his life, how he experienced growth and, and, and then in turn, how we can grow, how we can grow in wisdom and then instill that in the next generation. So mm. And in a sense, for me, that was what really stood out for me was I was just like, man, I was just brought to my knees in a way as I was just reminded about how much Christ gave up when he was willing to limit himself. Um, you know, he had access to everything. He created everything. You know, he he spoke and the world was created. And then here he is limiting himself that he can't remember things. He doesn't know things because he was willing to limit himself. You know, he's like, oh, man, only the father knows that, you know, throughout scripture. So it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, humbling moment for me to man. All right, Jesus, you did that for me. Hmm. You know, and that's awesome. a big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a ton of that. Just uh, I always want to reflect on. I think it's so easy to um, forget for us. I heard once. You know, we we love. You know, it's so easy for us to remember his divinity. Mm. What we often discount is his humanity. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Um, right. and ironically, as followers, we're so in touch with our humanity that we struggle to believe Christ is in me. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. the same spirit that raised God from that. So yeah, I always want to sit there. What I love about the gospels is that is like, Jesus, he's absolutely human, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, 100% the, the Bible's so clear on that. But, but for me, you know, I, I think very much in touch with my humanity. And it's so funny, like, to be a, a pastor and you sit down with a sentence that says, you know, Jesus was filled with wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom. And I'm thinking, and I even talked about my sermon, man, God, I wish you could tell us how. Like, okay, yeah. how did that happen? Because mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that with my kids. I could use the outline here. And in fact, maybe I got skipped on that part. Sure. <laughs> so I'm always fascinated, like, what God chooses to not tell us, mm-hmm. which for me led me to this beautiful thing. I had already been listening to some stuff about the wisdom tradition. You know, sure. I wasn't even familiar with that terminology, but... Um, then you begin to realize this, you know, Jesus absolutely grew up in this rich tradition of Mm. people knowing these things, looking at these things. There's nothing new under the sun. Um, all these issues that we think are so complex and so, uh, hard now, I mean, you go back to these books. I mean, obviously for me specifically, Proverbs is where I dealt with. And you're like, it's all there, man. In fact, even just when they're talking about wisdom in general, it's like, Kind of like, duh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm calling out. Yeah. So I, I love those times feeling so human and like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And being able to go back and actually read the scripture and realize, man, there's so much in us and around us that we actually do really know. And how God wants us to know those things, man. Um, yeah. Man, just ask me, it says in James. Ask me for wisdom. And wisdom's crying out. So that that's kind of where I started and mm-hmm. dove into that. Yeah, that's awesome. And in my case, I just, I, I started in that vacuum of, of inequity. You know, I was just like feeling like, you want me to talk about wisdom? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I need a little bit more to go on than this. Lord, help me out. So I kind of felt that. And I feel like that put all of us in a really good spot. Hmm. If yeah. we can start all our messages that way, knowing wow, how little yeah. we have 
to offer, I believe that that dependency is probably one of the best recipes for us preaching great sermons, right? And so, but that actually provided me with almost like my first point, and that is that, you know, the fact that we cry out for wisdom means that we don't have it, hmm. and we need Him. We need the Lord to show us. And and so that's kind of, I think, what the, the journey the Lord took me on was like, I was crying out so much looking at that passage for more context that it made me think of, you know, how God uses circumstances to, um, to really... Uh, teach us wisdom. And mm-hmm. so I began to just think broader into Matthew 2 uh, and and some of those intervening years that are touched upon there and tr- and thinking about my own journey and how God's taught me wisdom um, through my circumstances and just, uh, just pondering what Mary and Joseph went through mm. in some of those years and all that they, all the times they must have cried out and needed God's wisdom and like, where did they go for wisdom? And so that's, that's the journey yeah. God took me on. And even my week last week was just blown up. Like circumstances were upside <laughs> down every day. Wow. And I mean, it was like, I almost couldn't even get to my preparation, but I feel like it was the Lord disrupting me on purpose to get me to be more dependent. And it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. So we'd love to do that with me, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then in Illyria, we had Denver Daniel uh, preaching, uh, which we we got to have him on the podcast last week, actually. But um, I was going to say, was it your wisdom that decided to cut him from? No, no, no. I'm thinking Denver, that's for you. John Jacobs here. It's for you, buddy. (laughs) No, Denver, Denver, friend of the podcast. You know, we love Denver. He, he got to talk to us last week uh, about the role that Christian education can play in God-centered parenting, which was mm. cool. Good conversation. Um, but he, when he was preaching, he was focusing a little bit on, he actually took us back to Deuteronomy 6 and, and talked about uh, really centering on, on truth and digging into God's word as a part of that. So it was, it was, that was great as well. Um, and, and so I want to, to get our conversation going about wisdom, I kind of want to, and feel free, whoever wants to jump in and answer this, but if you're walking down the street or you're in the supermarket and somebody walks up to you and says, can you, can you give me like, what is wisdom from a Christian perspective? How would you, how do you even begin to, to answer that question? Cause I feel like there's so many ways to answer it. And each one of you guys picked up on like very valid, but different ways. So let's just talk about that. How, what is, what is wisdom? How do you, how do you answer you that person? You just stand there in the supermarket and you just nod at him and go, mm, mm, yeah, you tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 one thing I love to do is, and it kind of drives my wife and people around me crazy. They know I'm preaching. Cause I'll start asking questions like that. Mm-hmm. Just the basic you know, men's group one night. Okay. Fellas like, what is wisdom? And I think I even saw in your outline, you know, wisdom is knowledge applied, which mm-hmm. I use that a lot, but it's, it's so complex. Yes. Right. And, yeah. And Jay, even what you were saying, you know, like, okay, even if I can define it, um, am I wise? In fact, one thing that smacked me in the face was I was talking with my daughter, Kayla. And at one point when I was just firing these questions at her, she said, dad, are you a wise man? (laughs) And I like, man, like, uh, (laughs) no. Um, But yeah, again, it's, I I think... (laughs) pardon the, the, the pun, but there's wisdom in, in knowing that you, you can't just sit down and say, man, this is it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think what I love about the wisdom tradition is even going back to something like Proverbs versus Ecclesiastes, yeah. you have these very simple things. It's not like, okay, do this and this is the result. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of have this other kind of more grown up wisdom of Ecclesiastes like, yeah, but what happens when it doesn't happen that way? Right. So I, I guess for me, there's 
wisdom is is truly that's that walking in a relationship with God and at the end mm -hmm. of day he gets to decide and speak into everything. I think that's why I love how the scripture portrays wisdom as a woman. And there's this sense of like I'm going to be speaking to you, I'm going to be walking around with yeah. you. Um I think that's a for me a huge part of it. Hmm. Hmm. When I think about wisdom, you know, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, I gave away my punchline. Uh, knowledge, wisdom is knowledge. <laughs> yeah, teach it to him, bro. That's right. Um, <clears throat> when I think about it, I think I when I was a, when I was young, well, I am I am young now. Which is this is a side note. When I realized that 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 verse was the summary of Christ's life up till he was thirty, and I'm thirty, I was like, that's that's interesting. You know, it's a, that's a interesting like thinking about summarizing my life in one verse. Like, what would I say? You know. Well, it's only from the time of 12, so it, it, you, know, it, you, get, you get a little right. bonus. But. Technically, you're right, but <laughs> still, it's just crazy. Anyways, yeah. so, but when I was when I was younger, I, I should say, uh, I remember thinking to myself that just gaining more knowledge equaled wisdom, or you were a mature believer, the more head knowledge you had. Sure. And I think what I'm realizing is that it's less about the amount that you know, and it's, it's more about what's the balance of what you know, and then how you're living that out and applying it. Yeah, you know, I, I think I know a lot of very wise people who they might not know tons. They not, might not know, you know, all these detailed, deep theologies of scripture or sure. all these things. But how they love Jesus and how they live that out, it, it there's not a gap there, mm -hmm. right? It, it's not like here's all I know about Jesus, and I, but but they're not living out their faith. It's they're, they're, the the gap is much smaller, and I think that's what wisdom is. It's it's what what you're given. You know, which much is given, much is expected. So, what does that look like when, you, when you, whatever you're given, as far as knowledge, your understanding of Scripture, and, and and life, and and how you know God interacts with us, what's that gap look like? And, sure, and so, the sure. wisest people, that gap is real small. They're living that out in everyday life. They're mm -hmm. applying it. You know, and and to me, that's that's a big deal. So, yeah, that's how I'd answer that. I guess. Yeah. yeah I would I would describe it to um, throughout the. Proverbs, but particularly uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 talks about that idea between a path. You have a path to take. you got two yeah. paths to take, right? And so I believe wisdom is that idea that um, of coming to a, a knowledge of which path to take, which would mm -hmm. be the best one. But it's not just about the, picking the right path, but it's about where to go mm -hmm. when you need to make that decision, right? Where yeah. you lean into, where you trust. And of course, that's the heart of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And and often we um, we mess that up, and then but then wisdom's not done teaching us because we may take the wrong path, but then we 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 can learn yeah. and we can grow in wisdom <laughs> down the wrong path, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so there's a part for us to play also to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying inside of us, you know. And that's why I like that picture in Matthew two of of even uh, Joseph, you know, thinking about going into Judea, and he was concerned about mm -hmm. Judea. And then, then you know, kind of the image of the word of, the, of God coming to him through mm -hmm. that angel confirmed his kind of fear that I shouldn't probably go there. And mm -hmm. that's kind of how I think wisdom works with us is that the spirit of God works in us. And then we're looking to the right things and the Lord to confirm yeah. that. And I think wisdom is all that and kind of a, to figure out which way to go. Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting, like, because I'm hearing all these through lines. It's It's a journey. It's a relationship. It's something that's... Um, happens in real life as opposed to you, you can't write mm -hmm. wisdom on a I mean mm -hmm. obviously we have the wisdom literature but it's not it's not as easily pinned down or mm -hmm. it's it's a person it's personal 
like it's it's so interesting i there are things that i feel comfortable saying about wisdom that i don't feel comfortable saying about truth like i don't want to say that truth is relative or progressive but i'm like i feel like there's more willingness in me to say wisdom is not the same in every situation like it's it's mm. it's based in truth but it's it, there's a difference here that's more story and oriented it's more mm. applicable in in a sense um and and I, what's what's interesting, John? One thing you mentioned in, in your sermon was this Hebrew word, and I I don't I don't know Hebrew, so I, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but like kokma or whatever it is, yeah. There's this that's the word that's used in Proverbs for wisdom, and it's it's talking about this sort of well. I, so I watched a Bible Project video one time that was talking about this idea where it's it's this way of being that God sort of put into creation that helps us to flourish and live in line with his design. And, and what's beautiful, I think about sort of wisdom from a theological sense or from a Christian sense is that wisdom, that, that thread line, that way of living that leads to flourishing. You know, there was a Greek idea about that where they would talk about the logos, the logos being the sort of eternal principle that God, you know, wrote into the universe. And then you get to John one and we read the logos becomes flesh, right? The word becomes flesh. Mm-hmm. And so in Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman, but the, in a broader sense, like we understand that Jesus is the wisdom of God. He is the word and he, he comes to embody that. And it's, you know, it's more than just words on a page. It's put flesh on it and it's, we can, we can see it and we can touch it and we can live with it. And that's a reality that all of you guys interacted with as well is we have this moment where the wisdom of God, God himself takes on human flesh and Mm -hmm. comes to the earth and then proceeds to, as we read, grow in wisdom. (laughs) So, um, you guys all read from Philippians two, which is, uh, you know, one of the best places to think about that, that phenomenon, because we wrestle with this, right? It's, you know, Jesus is God, but he's man. He's the wisdom of God, but he's growing in wisdom. So can you, you know, I, I kind of want to read that passage and talk about that a little bit more. What do we mean when we say these words and we, when we read them from the apostle Paul in Philippians two, so this is like, you know, Philippians 2, I'll start in verse uh, verse 5 and, and read a couple of verses here. Some people think this is like a hymn that was written in the early church that they would, you know, they would talk about and discuss as a way of exalting Christ. But it says, Jesus, in, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather... Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." These beautiful words from Paul, this elevated language about Jesus. And and that first half is all about this idea. You know, Mm -hmm. God takes on the form of a man. What? (laughs) Like, wrestle with that with me. Like, what, 
what does that mean? What do we mean when we say that? How do we understand this phenomenon of Jesus being a man, being God? Yeah, take that any direction you want. But uh, one of the things I jumped in on in my um, in the sermon was just that you know God, man's wisdom is li- is limited by our own limitations, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but God's wisdom is completely unlimited because that's His nature, and so it's really in- difficult for us to fully understand the wisdom of God because of our limitations, right? Sure. But God has gone to incredible lengths to make his wisdom and himself known, of course, by, of course, just look at the life of Jesus. It's, it's wisdom personified, you mm-hmm. know? And so we can learn so much there. And so I just feel um, that's that's one really great place to start is to see that his, his wisdom is available to us. And Jesus chose then uh, to come and limit himself. So in a mm-hmm. sense, he, he went from the unlimited uh, power of God to a limited human body. And therefore, yes, he, he emptied himself out and had to grow in wisdom just like any other human being. And that's just really hard for me to wrap my mind around, but he did it. Yeah. And I, I believe he did it because he wanted yeah. to be in every fashion, that high priest that can relate to us, you know, in Hebrews, in every single way that we grow and we learn and, and he knows what that's like. Yeah. I think that's powerful. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, so much of what people struggle with, my, myself included, is, oh, man, how do we understand this? And I find it fascinating. You know, God never says, understand me. Mm-hmm. His heart is like, know me. Yeah. And, you know, being a father, now being a grandfather, you know, you, you have these moments where I'm not going to sit my kid down and say the way what I want you to know in life is to to know me is to know facts about me and how I operate. My heart as a father is if you know me. I want you to live. I want you to thrive. So as parents, we're sitting down on the floor, man. We're we're teaching them how to stack up blocks. You know, we're emptying our big man selves to come down with them to to show them how to live. And in this amazingly beautiful way, God's saying, if you know me, you know what I want you to do is to live, is to thrive. Yeah. Going back to the Proverbs and all these books, well, even the Gospels, you see Jesus saying, I want you to show to show you what it's like to be a completely divinely spirit-filled human that can live here now. Yeah. And, you know, that that he chose to have dependence. The, the, the thing that struck me as I got into it, guys, was he did. He had, again, I, I said it in my sermon, you know, he needed help, which I, I thought, man, do I want to say this? Like, <laughs> and, and But here's the thing. You, you go back to the scriptures and then specifically that passage again in John yeah. 5, or even what we're about to move into where Jesus is sitting in the temple asking these men questions and yeah. he's listening. He, he's, he's choosing to be a learner. He's saying every day I'm walking around again in John 5, he said, you know, the son can do nothing without the father. And I found mm-hmm. that phrase fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. well, God can, God needs nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and we clearly know he's not lying and he's yeah. choosing to say, I want what life truly is, is yes, there's principles and there's things, but in any given moment, I want to make sure, father, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What right. does life look like right here? And even in that specific instance, he's healing on the Sabbath. It's going to cause him a lot of grief. You could argue this isn't wisdom. <laughs> And man, sure. that's what's different about sitting here having this dependent relationship on something bigger than yourself mm-hmm. that's connected to the whole human story. Mm-hmm. And that's, man, that's where we all find life, guys. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I, to understand it now, but I, I love that phrase, man. It, he didn't say understand me. He said, know me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. know me. I want you to live. That's awesome. 
Yeah, it is. And, and uh, it, you, something you said, John, that made me you know think about how he showed us how to live the spirit filled life. You know, I was I did a lot of study and as I and I, I found a list of, of passages that mention it. Just a few mention how times that Christ was led by the Spirit. And, you know, the idea of the kenosis, the relationship between the Holy Spirit and Christ and how that worked, it was tied to his emptying, right? He emptied himself. Mm-hmm. And when he was baptized, he received the Holy Spirit. And so he began to be guided by this. It's just crazy to think about that, that God was guided by the, like he willingly gave himself to the point where he was guided by the Spirit. And then later, as he's getting ready to go to heaven, he says, listen, I got to go because somebody else that's going to come is I got, it's better for me to leave because the helper is going to come. Mm-hmm. And that's after he just modeled it, right? He modeled life yeah. relying on the spirit. And now here he goes because we're going to receive the Holy spirit. Yeah. I love that. You're bringing that up, Charlie. Cause I, even for me, you know, like it, when, when I think about Jesus, I have to check myself and say, as he's performing miracles, yeah. as he's receiving words of knowledge about people, as he's getting insight into, like, you, you know, you have these moments where the Pharisees are talking and it says something like Jesus, knowing what they were treasuring in their yeah. heart, you know, yeah. and then he responds to stuff that they weren't mm-hmm. even saying. Mm-hmm. Like in those moments, it's not that Jesus is exercising his power as the second person in the Trinity. He's living and he's doing these things through the power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just like, I just, I, you know, and it's not, it's not that it's, you know, we, we have to understand it, but I, I think, I think it's helpful for us to continue keeping that in front of us because it allows us to understand Jesus more and more as our, as our example, and not just as this floating person who came around and was glowing all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we can't be like him. No, we, we can like he, everything he did, he did in the power of the spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, and it's interesting. Like, I, I almost, like, I, I always get hesitant to say, like, make certain analogies because I don't want to be a heretic. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like, in some ways, the Holy Spirit, too, kind of like had the controls, right? Kind of like helped, like, would gauge that, that access to the power that Christ had. Like, all of a sudden, he's walking on water, right? And uh, he's, he's doing all these things. It's just like, it, it's, it, it's so interesting to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, how, like he's performing amazing miracles. And then he says he was very tired and he was weary. Like it's just, he's, he, he takes a nap on the boat cause he's, he's exhausted. And then all of a sudden he wakes up and just calms the storm. And it's just like, it's just, it blows my mind when you think about that. Um, another thing that stood out to me that was interesting is, um, I think that the, the NIV, when it says made himself nothing, I, I always struggle with that with that word choice that they chose there. Because Christ mm. never, he didn't change the fact that he was, like, he didn't give up his deity. Right. right? He was still fully God the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how, you know, they emptied himself. A lot of translations say that he emptied himself. He willingly emptied himself of, of you know, access to that power in a way. Um, but I, I really love what the New Living says. The New Living says, gives gave up his divine privileges. Yeah. Mm. And I think that really make it kind of, mm. it, it makes it e- easier for us to grasp what that means. Sure. Um, and, and so that was helpful for me as I think about that. He literally set aside his divine privileges, the privileges that were still rightfully his, right? He didn't, mm-hmm. he, he didn't change who he was. Yeah. And he went right back to holding those privileges, you know, right along. And we're going to see that when he returns. Mm. You know, the, the conquering king that's coming back, he's going to have that, those full privileges will be on display. Absolutely. But for, for this mission that he had for us, 
he willingly set those aside. So yeah. yeah, that's such a good clarification because it's so, and this is this is something that the early church went back and forth on and spent a lot of time thinking about and nailing down. And that's I, I think that's written in the Athanasius, the Athanasian Creed is the one that fo- focuses on Jesus's nature. So if you're interested in like a robust, difficult to read theological robust, definition, wow. like. Mm. I'll link that in the show notes and you can read, this is kind of how the Mm. church has understood this over time. Mm. Um, But what I love about this room is that, and we've already been doing this because we're not just people who study the Bible. We're pastors and we care about people and we want to, it's not about understanding. It's about how does this, it's not just about understanding. It's about how does this actually work itself out? So, you know, how, how does understanding that Jesus became flesh, that he grew, that he, he grew, he grew in wisdom. Like, why does that matter for disciples? Uh, and, and again, you guys were already starting to kind of move in that direction, but let's talk more about that. What's the point, you know, how, how does that make a difference in my life and my, the way that I'm living as Jesus's disciple? Well, I'm, I'm thinking of one particular person that called me with some feedback on the sermon and he, um, he was just so grateful for that perspective that, you know, Jesus emptied himself. So when it comes to wisdom, um, in a sense, I need to let go of all that I think I know and all that I believe I'm so, you know, endowed with in wisdom and, and, and empty myself of that. And then perhaps I'm ready to, you know, wait and receive from the Lord. And, and that meant a lot to me that he, uh, received that because I think, that's what we, I mean, we're created that way, right? We're created to, in the image of God. Therefore, we've got capacity, we've got talent, we've got ability, but then we can begin to think that we've got what we need and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the Tower of Babel moment. We don't, we don't need God, you know, we're, we're going to make ourselves great. And then God just kind of steps in and says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to show you who's God. And I, I want you to, I want you to, I'm going to throw some confusion at you in a sense. And that's kind of it. We've, Confusion's good for us. We've got to empty ourselves. We've got to we got to allow the confusion to settle in, so that we can then, instead of turning to our own resources, turn to to the one who's given us all those resources. And that's mm-hmm. that's so key because that's exactly what Jesus submitted Himself to, which is yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and agree. And and for me, there's there's such a key concept that it's interesting because, of course, as as believers, as followers, we're like, man, you know, God died. You know, we'll pray and just just come down and change my marriage, change America. You <laughs> know, sure. we're we're praying to God, you change these things. But going all the way back, you know, God being the ruler, being the king, made a decree at the very beginning. I'm making man and woman, and I'm making them in my in it, image. And He said, mm. and let them rule. Mm. And it's fascinating because again, if you look at every time something happens in the earth, you know something's wrong. God finds a man. God wants to find a woman. God finds a man that he wants to put himself in. I mean, name name the character. Let's just take Moses. And you have Moses, this man saying, I can't do this. I can't go back there. And God's like, well, I can. And I'm going to be with you. But I, I need a man to do this. So even in his wisdom, when he's going to come down and, and fulfill the whole kit and caboodle, he's going to send himself as a man because mm-hmm. he decreed in the beginning, let them rule. Yeah, I'm, I've given you free will to do this. But what I was hoping beyond hope, you would see from my creation, mm-hmm. from my love that you would ask me to, <laughs> to you know, rule yeah. you yeah. because you're going to rule that's all true. this. So that's the whole yeah. the, the, the to see Jesus in his prayer, man, your kingdom come, your will be done. Mm-hmm. God, thank you for letting me rule. 
it's, it's the Solomon moment, but I don't know what I'm doing. So you rule me. Since I'm ruling this, you rule me. Yeah. And to me, that, that links back again to Jesus as a human saying, I can't do anything without him. I'm showing you. Um, and I'm fascinated by like the scenes, the, the, the wedding in Cana, you know, like, was it not his time? You know, when he, when she's like, okay, you know, get, let's get Jesus. Hey, woman, it's not my time. Don't, don't bother me. And then there's like this moment, you know, and he's almost like, is it time father? And then do whatever he says. You see this Jesus walking around, um, being dependent on something bigger than himself. And, and to me, that's just so beautiful as a man, like, Again, we we want to have all the wisdom, and that you know, I said my father's favorite verse was that Proverbs three five and six, and it it just opened to me like we want to get to this place where I can just trust myself, dude. Mm-hmm. I've learned enough, I've grown enough, I'm filled. Trust Johnny J. Sure. And the and the Bible itself says never trust yourself. <laughs> like it's funny we dog ourselves out. Like oh, why don't I know more? It's like please don't trust yourself don't mm-hmm. trust your own understand your own understanding yeah in all your ways acknowledge mm-hmm. him and you see that in jesus mm-hmm. and instead of being a bummer like you're a loser dude how could you not know there's this power mm-hmm. and powerlessness and emptying let me before i do anything let me empty out all of me and say god if this sounds crazy i'm going to do it and all those stories did sound crazy by the way guys say all of them sound nuts empty yeah. out your army <laughs> to go fight the battle yeah. you know like what sure. I mean, wisdom would say, dude, let's let's fill it up, you know, mm. go back where I'm wanted for murder with a stick. Heck no. Um, so, mm. yeah, for me, that it's that God saying, let them rule man rule. And then when he finally comes, he's going to choose to come in his own capacity as a man mm. and then to show what it looks like when a man is ruled completely by his kingdom, by his authority. Mm-hmm. So that's just, mm-hmm. that's freedom to me. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. sweet. I don't got it, but you do. So I'm going to, I'm going to give mm-hmm. it to you. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good. I also think it's cool how when we're all talking about this. We're talking about wisdom in our lives, right? As we grow as wisdom, even though we're in a parenting discipleship series, mm. you know, I was reminded by, we look at Christ as our model, Right more is caught than, than taught when it comes to wisdom, I believe. And if, if we're not modeling it, <clears throat> how can we teach it, right? Christ modeled it and taught it. Now we can glean that and look at his example. And then we have to be modeling it too, because how can we teach wisdom if we're not modeling it for our children and for those that we have authority over and the leaders we're pouring into those things. So it's, 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 it's encouraging for me when we think about, man, like when, when God's kicking my butt spiritually or, or like, man, how am I growing in wisdom? How, you know, what does it look like in my life? And, you know, and spending a lot of time talking about that wisdom and that applies to everybody, because if we're not getting that as adults, how are we going to pour that into the next generation? Right. We can't just, we can't teach it if we're not believe, if we're not living it, you know, and yeah. people can point that can, I think when it comes to wisdom too, people can see a phony a mile away, right? Mm, yeah. You know, you're teaching me wisdom, but man, you're not living, you know, like your life doesn't match that up. But on, the, but on the flip side, I can see wisdom in other people more than I can understand how it applies in my life. Like I know what a wise man looks like. I can name them. I can start listing them off. This is a wise guy. This is a wise person. And, and some of them are like unspokens or intangibles. I can't really pinpoint it, but I can, I can, I know a, a wise person when I see it. Hmm. And that's what I want to be. It's harder for me to figure out my why's, like how am I measuring up? How, I get into this weird, you know, grind and kind of a 
self-reflection that's it's unhealthy at times trying to figure that out like oh how, how am i measuring up okay but i don't need to measure up because christ is in me all these types of, and, and i try to kind of figure that out man it just simplifies it but i'm like i can i know what a wise man looks like i can point at that and that's yeah. what i want to be mm-hmm. and that's how it is for me with christ it's like that's a wise man i want to be like that you know mm. and and i want to model that for the next generation so yeah well, I love how you're already moving in this direction, but where, where I kind of want to land the conversation is thinking about whether that's as parents or as disciplers, how can we, Charlie, you use this language of cultivating growth mm-hmm. or cultivating wisdom. Like, what does that look like to cultivate wisdom in others? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we, how do we do that? Because it's not, you know, it's not as easy as, um, you know, cultivating knowledge in people mm-hmm. like we could test for that. We can write an SAT, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff, but cultivating wisdom because it's personal, mm-hmm. because it's a journey. Like how did, how have you guys as pastors seen that happen? Well, either as parents or as disciplers, it, it's, I will say one thing and then I'm going to let the, the pros answer because I'm, I'm a young <laughs> parent. So uh, I will say it's interesting to think about the idea that the, the, the word used for grow in this verse is a continuation, meaning like Christ grew, like he continued to grow. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was, it was happening continually. He lived an entire, his entire life as a grower until he was killed and taken up to heaven, you know? Um, and so that was interesting to think about, like, if Christ continued to grow, then that means that this idea of growing in wisdom is a continuation. And so that was helpful for me to think about. Hmm. So now I'm going to ask the pros, how, how do you continue to grow in wisdom? <laughs> well, let me take the microphone here. <laughs> <laughs> now, the beauty is for me, it's so ironic because again, you, I, I, who doesn't view a wise man as, okay, that's, that's the guy in the woods with the big bushy eyebrows sitting on a rock in the middle of the river. And they just, they know everything. <laughs> versus you know like the word you just said bro grow like Mm -hmm. and the wisest people i know life is about realizing there's always something to learn there's Mm. always this process process of growth i heard someone recently talking about you know this concept that we go to heaven all of a sudden we know everything and and they were like think about that what why would we have a conversation? Why would why would we want to you know sit at Jesus' feet? Like there's this there's life in the mm. wisest people I know. They're always growing because there's always something to learn. Right. Um, going back to the heart, you know, we live from here, yeah. and I can sit down with you guys in this room and we start talking about kids and family and marriage and life, and it's such a mixed bag of like I mean, mm. it's good, it's bad, it's fun, it's tragic, and. And so for me, what I love again is that exactly. He wasn't grown. He wasn't uh, arrived. He was growing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to embrace that in in my own life that, again, there's just this continual dependency and embracing that and loving the fact that God has something to say and speak into everything and sees things differently than me. Um, in fact, the wisest people I know aren't the people that are certain they're not Mm. in fact they're always holding an open hand with Mm. maybe i have it wrong or maybe i'm not seeing it right versus some of the most evil people i've ever seen and met they're absolutely certain their way is the right way uh their words are the right words um and you know clay you even talked about man we're so big on truth and we know there's things that are intrinsically obviously like man we want to be rocks on this but but navigating relationships in life man wisdom is there's 
<laughs> Again, God's, yeah. you know, our, our yeah. wisdom is foolishness to him. Yeah. And we've got to be okay with that because I wouldn't write any of these stories, including the story of Jesus, the way God did. And yet mm. you're like, wow, mm. man. Um, and again, I, th- I think the final thing I'd say about cultivating wisdom is, is that is not, I've got to, I want, I want me and people I love to stop looking at the circumstances right here and now. Like, look at Jesus' own life. I, I say this at the cross. You know, no one was sitting there like, yeah, he's doing it. Just like he said, this is awesome. There was a sense <laughs> of like, what in the world? There's, yeah. th- wow, fail. And so much of God's wisdom is revealed down the road. Mm-hmm. And man, I think of my own life and the things I went through. I think of things my kids are going through, mm-hmm. things you guys are brought up and like, man, this, this just stinks and I don't like it. But to see when you follow God, when you listen mm. to him, no matter what, I may not even get to see it in my lifetime, but to follow that wisdom because he's just a better storyteller than us. Mm. And there's always life, mm. always life on the other end. Yeah. I love in that, like, I feel like in this, it's interesting because it's not, it, it's, it's this something I don't share with Jesus, but I feel like I've learned more wisdom in the times when I've been wrong and in the times when I've failed hmm. than anything else. Yeah. Um, hmm. And it's so funny to like imagine people watching the cross and thinking this is a massive failure. And yet it's the biggest, it's the biggest expression of the wisdom of God in history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. I, and I would just add to uh, what's already been said beautifully that, um, you know, God gives us the tools for wisdom, um, uh, taking it and uh, looking at, you know, surrounding ourselves with wise ones, people that can help us in that journey that, and a lot of times people just don't have their heads up. They're not looking around the room hmm. for who the wise ones are, right? We're not surrounding ourselves with wise people that are, that are, living the wisdom of God. So we're looking for those people that model wisdom and we need to pull them close in relationship. You've got the, the, the literature of wisdom, you know, you got God's word, right? But even still at times, it's like those things can fall void in our lives. Like I, I, you can lose a voice, the voice of that wisdom of that person and flesh and blood. You can, you can read the word and it doesn't mean anything to you. We've all been there, right? But then God, like, desires for us to keep pushing through. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I call my sermon Walk On, you know, uh, because he wants us to push through the pain and push through those moments to really seek him. Yeah. Ultimately, it's it's the waiting. And I, I think of our devotions we were just in. Uh, Moses had a moment of, of, I think, supreme wisdom when he tells the people of Israel right there on the shores of the Red Sea. He says, mm. um, you know, you have to just be still right now. Yeah, that is all you need to do because God will fight for you uh, right now. You're going to see it with your own eyes. And now, now did Moses uh, hear from God? Yes. Earlier on, God said, this is what I'm going to do. But God did not give details. Moses had no clue how it was going to happen. So my men pointed this out last night when we studied it in men's group. It was so awesome because they said Moses was speaking in faith. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he just believed what God said. And he was speaking in faith that God would deliver them. And he said, be still. Yeah. That's where wisdom happens mm. and where it comes out of us. And and those are the seeds of wisdom that we need to plant in others is displaying it in the in the face of not knowing what's going to happen next to set, to show the next generation this is what it looks like to trust God even when I don't know what's going to happen next. Mm. 
and 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 then to have God deliver, it's it's an amazing thing. So that's something awesome. only He can do, because that's when we know it's not wisdom; it's it's of us. It's His wisdom hmm. through us. So yeah, that's that's wonderful. Thanks, you guys. And Jason, I, I do love that you brought up the wisdom literature, because I think you know it's so interesting. Like we we read the Proverbs in our Bible reading plan as a church, but this idea of taking the wisdom literature of the scriptures and getting alone in a closet and reading it is so foreign to Mm -hmm. the wisdom tradition. And so like as an encouragement, and I think to sum up some, some of what was said, have conversations with people, do this in the context of relationships, right? That that's, that's part of the reason why we want to have a conversation that we can record and share. It's because, you know, the, the scriptures and the wisdom that's there, it comes alive and, and it becomes applied when it's, when it's shared with one another, when you're having conversations about it, when you're seeing it lived out. And so, um, continue to be a part of that conversation, read the scriptures, but don't let it stay on the page, have conversations about it by the way that you live, have conversations about it by asking questions, uh, ask these guys questions. (laughs) They love you. Uh, they, they want to, um, they want to support you. They want to, they want to help to see, see what God is at work doing in your life and helping you take, take that step of wisdom and, and being on that path of wisdom. So, um, but discover the wise ones around you, you know, yeah. in, in life groups, in men's group, yep. in women's group. Absolutely. I mean, uh, study the word, read the devotions, but don't do it in isolation. Mm-hmm. You will gain wisdom so much more quickly if you gather around the word and discuss it. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm so I'm big on let's get in groups. Let's mm-hmm. get, you know, talking the word and, and learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. You. Thank you, thanks you guys so much for coming on. <laughs> it's great to have you guys, yeah, and uh, yeah, we love um, this. You're doing a great job, Clay. I love it. Uh, we'll we'll uh, wrap up just by encouraging you. Hey, if you're checking us out on Spotify or Apple, uh, give us a follow, give us a little rating. Uh, it really does help us to. Um, to bring more people into this conversation. And if, if you're joining us on Sunday mornings, which we really hope you are, because this, this time here is just a continuation of that. Uh, would you, um, think about some questions that you can contribute to this conversation? And as you're listening to the sermon, if you've got questions or if you want to dig deeper, if there's a piece that you want to pick up, go ahead and just email that to us at podcast at open TV. We'd love to bring you in more and more, uh, cause we want to serve you well. We, we want to, We want to do this thing together. So uh, until the next time, we will sign off. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Open Door Cutting Room Floor Podcast. But don't let the conversation end here. Find a group where you can deepen your roots at connect.opendoor.tv. And don't forget to submit your questions to podcast.opendoor.tv. Have a great week, and we'll see you Sunday.